0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Buds, Bros, and Superheroes. Now, if it's your first time coming to hang out. Let me just quickly go on and tell you what's going to happen so everybody can be on the same page for the episode. The name, Buds, Bros, and Superheroes, acts as section placeholders for the topics of conversation that we're going to have today. So, in the Bud section, that's for people who like the cannabis culture. We have some news, some stories, some reviews. In the Bros section, this is our Halloween special. So, my guest and I are going to talk about Halloween's past favorite costumes favorite candies all those fun types of spooky things and then finally in the superhero section with it being Halloween we're gonna take a little bit of a different course again this week guys and talk about Ghostbusters not just the original Ghostbusters guys we're going full ham on it today we're gonna talk about all Ghostbusters in general Thanks for coming to hang out. My name is Nick James, and sitting in the co host chair today is my lovely wife. Everybody, please welcome back, Miss Meg Eliza.
1: Hello, everybody. Great to be back.
0: So, if all this sounds like a good time to you, thank you again for joining us. We're going to go ahead and get this podcast started the way that we always do, which is jumping right inside the bud section. You now, in the bud section, one of the first things that we start off with is what are we smoking today, dear?
1: So, we are smoking a terrapin flour called cinnamon buns. It's pretty high THC, we've got 25%. So, we've got limonene. Karyophyllene and Myrcene?
0: Close. Karyophyllene and Myrcene. Or Myrcene, some people say. Myr. I like to add the Y in there, though, because it's um. M-Y. So some people who spell it M-U-R, like if we're spelling it phonetically, mm-hmm. like Myrcene, I always like to add the little Y in there, Myrcene, but I could, uh, it's probably wrong.
1: But for our listeners, all those those fancy things just, you know, tell you what kind of Good high you're going to have. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So the mirror scene is the one that's uh, very relaxing, gives you that nice feel in your muscles of just letting go. Meanwhile, the karyophylline is a great little mood booster. So, you know, you're not feeling too stuck anywhere. I would agree that I really like the cinnamon buns flower well. Terrapin has been fucking killing it lately. They've just been to really, say. yeah super duper consistent and that's what apparently they're going for you know they're trying to find a good consistent product but also keep it at a good price for those who are traveling with green and pa and want to step into the medical marijuana program and go and pick some up trust terrapin lately with their new ones I mean, they have been super duper solid. And even on some of their old ones, like their ice cream cake, their cherry diesel, their grapefruit Durban, all of those are super duper solid. So anybody interested in that, I would definitely check them out.
1: They must have had a really good grow this season because isn't it harvest time? Isn't it harvest season or close to it?
0: I think we're getting close to it, especially for the holidays coming up. I think they cut in and around that time.
1: Right. So and the cinnamon buns, I would, it is a sativa. So for those of you who like to get things done... We did a pretty good job of cleaning. The, I mean, I think the house looks pretty great, so.
0: It did go pretty quick as well. We've got some laundry in, the vacuuming got done, dusted. So it was a little bit of a get up and go.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's always it's always good to feel relaxed and not anxious about it. Like That's always my problem before I start an activity or something like cleaning the house. I get this overwhelming anxiety about it because it's such a big picture to look at and You know, sometimes the big pictures overwhelm me, which is why I am in the medical marijuana program is for my anxiety. And I do think that this cinnamon bun really helped me, you know, focus and calm down and just get to it rather than thinking about all the things that I had to do. I just got to it. I loved it.
0: I love it too. I've barely much been loving them, but I've also really been loving grassroots. Now, as a company, from what I hear through the grapevine, they might be a little shady. So we're going to have to look for some oh, upcoming, man. yeah, some upcoming clarity on some rumors going around. They need to maybe be a little bit more transparent with how they treat people. You know, they're... Their facility workers, but in terms of product, man, I had to pick up some more live sugar and sauce from Grassroots once again, guys. It's the garlic cookies,
1: man. You and those garlic cookies—that's your favorite. I think that's your favorite one. It's got to be for it concentrate. It has
0: to be because, like, we were running low, and I was like, "Fuck, I don't know when we're gonna get it in again. Am I not gonna have it?" And just the idea of not getting it again. Almost like I was like no, because I wanted to travel the green. You know, I like to try different things so I could be more knowledgeable for my patients, and I could just have a better pace for me as a patient as well. However, this fucking stuff is just so good to me. I love it. Last episode we talked about the pupco Peak. It's an amazing little device that just gives you dabs at the perfect temperature depending on your setting. So with that I can really control what I'm getting out of these garlic cookies and it's just an amazing taste. It's an amazing effect feel. Everything about it really is just it lined up perfectly for everything that I look for when I when I want to do a dab.
1: Right. And when you told me the name of it garlic cookies, I was like, "Bro, I don't want any. I don't want anything to do with that because that sounds gross." Sorry, no offense, but garlic cookies to me does not sound appealing.
0: I do believe we said it in the last episode too, anybody who's also on the same one of that, it doesn't taste like garlic, nor cookies, no. guys. It doesn't no. smell like it. It's got a really pungent, distinct aroma to it though. I highly suggest you go ahead and look at that. Again, for the one gram here, just to go through the terps. we are looking at a high mercine level, which is at 3.988. So it's basically 4%, which is like, that's a heavy hitting one, man. You are going to feel nice and relaxed. But right after that, again, almost like we talked about with Our flower here, it's got a high limonene and karyophylline, which are both uplifting. And so once again, you're getting that really great, relaxed body high without losing your mind and getting a little stuck in that haze of like, what was I doing? What's happening? You know, no, like today, once again, to restate, we fucking got up and got shit done. We've been moving since like 830. Yeah. So that is what we are kind of taking in through the lungs, but we did do a little bit more baking. You yeah. had fun doing that. Go ahead and tell us about our baking experience.
1: Yeah. So we got another um, container, of the RSO.
0: Did we go for the Bubba Diagonal this time?
1: Yes. I think that's what it was called. I remember the name Diagonal was definitely in it because I was like, hmm, now we're going geometric. Usually it sticks in like the food area or, you know, a lot of times it's named after a food or... I don't. Know Sometimes it's-,
0: it's named after the strain, and the strain there. Once again, we're talking grassroots for anybody keeping track. So they make delicious RSOs. We have gone for the full spectrum before. We went for actually a pharmaceutical RX last time. We went for some jillyweed. This time we came back to grassroots, and this one was called the Bubba Diagonal, right? Which they also have flower of. You know, that's that's where it's get it's extracted from to make the this super potent oil.
1: Right. So we took the concentrate and instead of using the whole vial, we only used half of the vial to make a smaller batch, just a dozen, a baker's dozen of cookies. And so normally I know when I've been to recreational states, a cookie is about 10 milligrams. And we use this really fancy, awesome calculator online and put in all our THC information and our information from our RSO packet. And it was able to tell me that each of my 13 cookies was going to equal out to about 30 milligrams of THC, which is a pretty heavy dose. So it's nice to be able to share a cookie with you and still feel relaxed and enjoy it rather than just taking a little piece of something and not feeling anything at all.
0: Because the first time we did it too, we didn't do the calculation correct so we ended up making a shit ton of cookies with the same amount so it ended up being somewhere between like six to ten percent i think were the first batch of cookies we made and for that point, for me, as such a heavy user and somebody with such a high tolerance, I'd have to sit there and eat six freaking cookies. And as big and as round as I am, eating six cookies, even for me, is a fucking task where it's like, no, like you said, I'd rather just eat a quarter of a cookie or a half a cookie or even just one whole cookie and get that out of the way of like, yeah, I like sweets. But there's a point where enough is enough and we kind of need a higher. I know I need a higher dosage. Anybody out there who's not sure? I think it's howtoedibles.com. You can go there and get that calculator that we mentioned. It's it, definitely it's awesome. worth
1: using. Yeah, I mean, it it gives you great insight. It lets you be aware of what you're making and you know what your result will be, and that's that's really helpful for you know the medicine side of it and taking the right dosage. It's a great way to change up what you're buying and make it more edible and more tant you know more tasty for yourself. Just instead of taking some straight up RSO because sometimes that can leave a little bit of a yucky taste in your mouth
0: yeah that's short for richard simpson oil i know we are moving away from that i talked about it on a previous episode because that person right now is unavailable to answer questions because he's running from the fda so whether or not he actually cured his cancer by using these high amounts of oils that are then named after him we don't know but we are going to switch the name we as if i'm in i'm mr marijuana but the name is being <laughs> switched to an FSO, like a full spectrum oil or something like that just to kind of separate ourselves so look for rso's if you want to try that but they are very thick so yeah sometimes i'll just put them between two gushers and just chew the whole thing and it's it's definitely quicker that's for sure but i bet i can just probably just dangle it and just do a full swallow i don't know we'll have to try but yes i agree dear having it in cookie form is is quite delicious What's everybody out there smoking on, guys? What have you been picking up? What have you been baking? What's going on out there inside your Travels of the Green? Make sure to leave a comment where you can if you're on the YouTubes. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all those fun internet things. But with that, we are going to close on out of this Bud section and enter into the Bros section. Entering into this Bros section as we are talking about the spookiest holiday of the year, Halloween just gonna bullshit a little bit about Halloween. We kind of started a conversation the other day here. What did most Halloweens look like to you growing up?
1: So my family, I was lucky. I grew up close to some cousins and, you know, we were within proximity. So every year for Halloween, I would be driven from home to home to show off my costume, you know, to all the older relatives, the aunts and the uncles, and that would happen first. And then we would usually have a party at my house you know, bobbing, literally bobbing for apples like you see in movies. And my parents would pass candy out to the trick-or-treaters and we would get a lot being on a main road. um, Growing up on a main road, we would get a lot of trick-or-treaters. So it was always super busy and super fun and loud. You know, my cousins would come over and we would hang out the whole night. And so, you know, until we got older and we started then spending time with friends rather than family. So that happened probably till like middle school. And then we kinda of gave it up.
0: That's awesome that's still a lot of time. We talked about all the time here on the show. Brother Johnny, one of my favorite people to have in the co-host chair, is not really my brother. He is the kid of my dad's brother. I.e. he is my first cousin. And we call each other brother because of how close we grew up, how much time we spent together. But we really went through it the other day. And I don't think we did exactly what you just said of like seeing each other and going around to family because we were a little bit more spread out. So as much time as we spent together growing up, I really can't remember ever being in costume. Another person to come up often on the show, at least in one very specific episode, was Tyler, the boy next door. Now, he and I did do some trick-or-treating together quite often.
1: So now, with the trick or treating, uh, to do that, you have to have a costume. What were some of your favorite costumes growing up? What were you guys' purchasers? Like, did you go out and buy the costumes or were you homemade? Like, let's figure out what we're going to be and make it.
0: I would say it depended on the year. Definitely, as I got older, it was always a purchase, but I do remember some growing up that were homemade. One specifically was Zorro. And I just wore black jeans and a black shirt and was given, like, you know, the dollar store mask, cape, and hat. And then maybe the most expensive purchase of that was the sword. But I also specifically remember Danny Moran came dressed up in the Halloween costume because this was the year of Antonio Banderas, you know, that movie, The Return of Zorro. Catherine Zeta Jones is in that. And there's some really old white guy who plays in the movie, and you're like, "Why the fuck is he here?" It's fucking hello, Clarice. What the fuck is that guy's <laughs> name? Hopkins. Thank you. Yeah, he's in that flick too. So it was the year of that, and that movie to this day still kicks ass. But I do remember that of like, oh, he's got the real one. But later on, I do remember too. Like, I still have. If not me, my mom has a Spider-Man mask.
1: Oh, okay, so Spider- But I
0: had, for sure. I definitely have a costume, too. See, this count of dicks, what I said, of like really young, me and Adriana, and I'm in a Red Ranger costume. Nice. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, Zorro's fifth grade.
1: But what was th- was that your favorite homemade costume, or-
0: Oh, for sure. If not, okay. you know, kind of what we were just saying, too, when you got older, the DIY was then cooler- Rather than the store bought. And one of my favorite ones I did was the Riddler. I just found an old tacky green suit from Goodwill. Nice. just made a stencil of question marks of different sizes and just spray painted it.
1: Oh, so smart.
0: Yeah. And just, you know, because I was only going to wear it the one time. Right. So did that and that was one of my favorites. But I don't like that Halloween. That Halloween in general, it was fine. We went to the city the city's kind of crazy around that time.
1: Right. Totally different than little old Scranton. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I went to Halloween parties growing up too, but it was never anything crazy. It's not like.
0: Now, have you yourself actually ever bobbed for apples?
1: Yes. Really? Yes. It was part of our Halloween. We did bobbing for apples. We did it every year. and Even when we ended up going to parties, my girlfriend, she had us bob for apples too. It was a. it was just part of the whole experience. No matter what you were, if you had a mask on or if you had face paint, you still you still did it. It was still fun. It was st- <laughs> I don't know what about it was fun because it's like waterboarding in reverse, but
0: Well, that's exactly what I was kind of coming to and we're going to take a small little detour here and talk about it. The tradition of bobbing for apples dates back to the Roman invasion of Britain when the conquering army merged their own celebrations with the traditional Celtic festivals which happens quite often when people come in and start telling you, this is what you believe now. They often take other holidays and they're like, oh, okay, well, you got one thing right. That's why we have Christmas in the middle of December because it lined up in between a pagan holiday. So when we started telling people, you're Christian now, it's just like, well, we don't want to do that. It's like, well, you get to keep your 1225 celebration. Anyway, but apple bobbing was appropriated in the Celtic festival Samhain. S-A-M-H-A-I-N, sorry, with apples, a sign of fertility and abundance. Still didn't really give me much information of why people were like, hey, if we put it like, I guess because they just float.
1: Well, you would want abundance and fertility this time of year because it's right at the end of the harvest season. So you want to make sure that you have a lot of everything. So I think that would probably be part of it. We've been we've been reading some little stories about Halloween in my classroom Um So, they I definitely have heard some of those words and places and names before
0: this week. In Scotland, it may be called duking. In North England, the game is often called apple ducking or duck apple. In Ireland and Newfoundland or Labrador, snap apple night is the synonym for Halloween. The fuck is going on? Yeah, I still don't understand... Roman invasion, the first person to bite. okay, here we go, people sorry. So during the celebration of that Celtic thing that I just said wrong, young unmarried people try to bite into an apple floating in the water or sometimes they'd be hanging on, on like on a string, and the first person to bite into the apple would be the next one to be allowed to marry,
1: huh. Oh, that's cool. So it was like a rite of passage.
0: Kind of. It's kind almost of like catching like, the bouquet. Thank you. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's almost like a precursor to that. So I wonder if you caught the bouquet and bit the apple. Like,
1: What kind of year were you going to have? You're totally
0: fucking married by the end of that. Actually, you could probably get to skip the whole ceremony. Just like, oh, no, she's actually married now. She did it. Boom. Done. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed that fun little thing. Dude, I had no idea this whole time. It just always seems so stupid. I really can't say in my life if I've ever actually tried it.
1: Well maybe well maybe the party we're going to tonight maybe they will bob for apples maybe it's a northeast PA thing maybe that traditional keep going but I don't probably, know probably probably if not I'd wanna do I it. mean no covid <laughs> we can't be like open mouth into a That's big That's a good m- point
0: too yeah I didn't <laughs> even think about that but just the idea of like oh let's tie your hands behind your back and stick your face first into this bucket full of water like no. No, thank you. I'm I'm okay, guys. Because even if I got an apple, like, I don't even want the fucking apple. Am I supposed to eat the apple after I get it? Or are we all just biting into the same apples?
1: You take the apple when you bite into it. And you know what? There's yeah, but, definitely like, home video, real good home video, of the seriousness of Joe Don, who's been here before. He is my cousin, so there is some great home video of him bobbing for apples like a champ.
0: He's, he was victorious. But that's what I mean. You mean bobbing for apples, i.e. the goal of this is to get more than one apple out of this barrel, correct?
1: Right, within a set time frame. So
0: now if I go, we have, only, like, how many apples must you buy? A if bag. Not, a whole bag. That's what I'm saying, though. So then your apples were my apples. So wouldn't your apples, if I go first, I get clean apples. If you go second, you get apples once bitten into. Or if maybe somebody goes third... Them. Somebody gets Mouth. apples twice bit into and maybe looked around. Like, do they get easier to pick up then? Like, what's the deal with that? That's all I was trying to point out of like, that's a weird fucking we didn't thing think to about, do.
1: We didn't think about that at the
0: time. <laughs> I'm even saying pre-COVID. Like, no, right. I don't want to bite into that thing that you already bit into. I already don't share food like that. Like, you know, it's like saying, just, I, guess, no, I, I feel
1: know. you. I feel like, you. here, try
0: a bite of this hot dog. Like, you would never do that. Like, you could cut something off like, oh, you haven't tried this steak I'll cut from the other side and hand it to you. You know what I'm saying? Like that's different than here just take a bite. And then doing that with an entire fucking party full of people yeah. gets a little weird, bro. I don't know. It is.
1: That it is. It's a little sketchy now that you're making me think about it real and then hard. And as
0: we were talking about like the abundance of apples and all the signs, like it throws me off when people just waste food and we're talking about the past. Like we were watching a night's tale and I don't understand the entire tradition or where it came from to put people in stockades fine but to throw food at them like aren't you people fucking starving right Are all we hear about is just like how lucky we are and farms and crops and grocery stores but these people are like yeah but i could throw a tomato at that fuck it didn't that doesn't make sense to me agreed it? i guess maybe it was rotting but again why did you let it get to the rotting stage or why wouldn't would not you have. cut out the rot exactly no you wouldn't have if you're starving you're gonna take as much as you can and not throw anything at anyone I would think. I've never been starving. I don't know. What a weird little turnoff we had from there. What was your candy goals growing up and how how did that work? Were you a uh, sleeping bag person or did you actually have like a little jack-o'-lantern that you filled your candy with or a special bag?
1: I had a homemade special bag. My mom could actually sew. She like legit made me like... dresses and gowns as I went on to high school and stuff. Um, so she made me this sack with this cute little, they were like trick-or-treat costumed bears, and it was a bag, and it had like tie-dye shoelaces through it so that I could tie it up when I wanted to and stuff. But I, I loved carrying that around. I'd, I had a lot of homemade costumes, um, specifically from my mom and her stepmom,
0: Was that poodle skirt we saw yesterday? Was that homemade too? That was homemade, Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, we saw one of my mom's homemade costumes was a poodle skirt, but my favorite, my mom actually did not make, my, my grandma made it for me. I was a Converse sneaker. She made like this huge cardboard thing and then covered it in fabric and I had the laces and I was a high top sneaker. And God, I felt so cool that year.
0: Super duper off the rails, and I'll bring it right back. Anybody interested, go to YouTube. If you're on YouTube, you like the channel Company Man. Super duper fun. He just did one on Converse. What a rich history of fucking shoes. You would never expect it. Anyway, to kind of combine your two stories there, my grandma once made a poodle skirt for my sister
1: oh that's so funny yeah
0: so it's kind of that's what the first thing i saw when i saw that or the first thing i thought of excuse me was like ash has one just fucking like that man but it was pink Mm. but like the poodle like that's why they call them poodle skirts people like there's fucking poodles on them yeah what a weird thing
1: yep and my favorite store-bought one was probably the costume i'm wearing tonight is the marilyn monroe dress that white iconic seven what was the name of the movie seven minute itch
0: seven edge something yes we it's not some like it hot
1: it's not it's definitely not that movie but it's that iconic white dress that she stands over the vent and it blows up her skirt a little so that's my favorite store-bought costume and that's the one i'm gonna wear to the party tonight um i did mess up the wig though it can't i did have the wig but then i used it i dyed it so it's like half pink now so i can't use the wig so we're just gonna we're going to go for it on the hair and just kind of try to tuck it up so it looks shorter. I don't know.
0: Anybody out there screaming at the microphone or screaming at their listening device going, The Seven Year Itch, the movie, that picture from Marilyn Monroe is from the movie The Seven Year Itch. There you go. That's yep. that's what it was. Thanks. Bu- thanks, Bubba. You no, know, I just know maybe there's one person out there because that bothers me when I listen to something because podcasting is just so intimate that sometimes you forget they can't hear you. So we hear you. We heard you. There you go. Uh, Once again, we didn't. We we kind of off track there. What were your candy goals? You know, what what did you want? And also, see, we're gonna have a real fun time here in terms of experience. Of maybe you did it with your cousins. Maybe I'm jumping the gun, but you were an only child, right? right? A sibling. So there were times where we were set up in front of each other with our candy piles in front of each other, going, "All right, what do you want?" (laughs) What uh, and major trades were going on. I mean, it was like. Livestock market stuff you know people moving in and out dad coming in collecting tax everywhere you know because he just picked from the piles he just walked us around so
1: he got whatever he wanted
0: hell yeah dad tax
1: no see i i don't really remember having candy goals i i was a weird kid man like i i didn't even really think about the candy i was going to get i was more excited to go see the people <laughs> like just to go see my family um But probably I wanted, I would say, probably the chocolate peanut butter because that has been my favorite candy ever since I was little. So it was probably definitely Reese cups and nobody worried about allergies back then. So people were handing them out like crazy. So that was probably my goal. But there was I I didn't have that cool experience of trading and, oh, I'll give you all my sweet and sugary because I don't really like it. But I'm sure Joe Don and his sister definitely did that as well.
0: Big time. Yeah, that's that's some of the biggest stuff. So I was exactly like you're saying minus mostly Reese's or baby Ruth's those I would keep. But meanwhile, you know, your Kit Kats, your Snickers, Milky Ways, all of those I would trade out for Twizzlers, Sweet Tarts, Laffy Taffy. Yeah.
1: Those oh. types
0: of things are more where I kind of wanted to put my teeth into. So we yeah, would have been good trade. buddies. Yeah, we really would have. That's why we share well. So now share Share so so well now share so thank you dear (laughs) words you (laughs) You
1: need some i think you need some candy some sugar to perk you up
0: a little bit but yeah dad coming in and out that was also a very big part of that too um that man walked a lot i i usually tapped before my sister now saying that too she was bigger around those times she was older so she could go farther but I will also throw in the caveat, like, I was who I am exactly right now. Of Like, I have enough candy, you know? Like, I have enough. I'm going home. Where she'd just be like, you want to keep going? And dad, right. Dad Especially was, yeah.
1: depending on her costume, because I could imagine your sister is a little girl, depending on the costume, just wanting to be in princess costume or in...
0: Well, a lot of what happened with my sister too was she was a dancer growing up. Right, that's what I mean. So she already had costumes as a ballerina. Yeah, that she'd incorporate. And one time, who knows? You know, hello, my mom, who I know listens once again, quote unquote, questioning your parenting. Like she was a kid, and they let her be like an old timey cigarette girl. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean, and just like a one-piece dance costume with a fun little hat. But then they built her like cardboard with the thing around the, the cigar neck. box. No, like it used to be not the, cigar. No, a- it was like huge though, with a bunch of cigarettes, like packs, because they used to be heavy cigarette smokers and new cigarette smokers, and filled it with empty cigarette boxes. If I'm not mistaken, I think. That's Do you know amazing. what I'm thinking of? Do I you know what see I'm saying? It.
1: Yes, because up. I um because as a joke last year when we were in the virtual world of education and I was teaching virtually I was walking around my my school with my laptop computer and everybody said I should build myself one of those exact you know cigarette holders that the girls used to have to put my laptop on because I just it was part of my person and people just thought it was funny and I was like yeah I should get one of those Cigarette holders or whatever. So, yes, exactly. It straps exactly around that. their
0: neck and it kind of comes down and lays right in between their midsection, kind of rests on their stomach and has enough packs. And they used, to, I guess it was big in like the 20s, flappers and, you know, the roaring 20s jazz and stuff like that. And yeah, well, as I say it, I'm sorry. I'm not questioning your parenting. I'm just kind of thinking now I do remember more than one person like coming up and opening the packs to be like, is she fucking carrying around cigarettes right now? <laughs> but
1: That means it was an authentic, good costume. I
0: think so, too. Yeah. I think that it's fun. Maybe just I can't remember how old she was, but shit. I don't know. Anyway, that was it was a good homemade costume. I can't think of another great homemade costume I had because always I wanted to be.
1: You wanted to be something that could be
0: purchased.
1: You were Correct. you. you but I wanted you, to
0: be a Power Ranger. I mean, fuck! I'm 31 years old now, and I have a Red Ranger helmet. You know, I've come not okay, very wait, far in life.
1: Time out. Let's, so
0: how many? Wait, what
1: helmet do, do you have?
0: I have three helmets in total. Okay, however, thank you. <laughs> I do have a picture of me six, right, with the Red Ranger costume on. So I haven't come very far in which I want. I have a Spider Man mask up there, right? You know, all the things that I wanted, I have now. So it's. Yes, it was harder to make a homemade Spider Man costume or a homemade Power Ranger outfit rather than just go and get, you know, the slap on mask.
1: Right. But uh, I do have to say, too, my other favorite purchase costume would be our family costume that we did a few years ago. Um, We did the Ghostbusters. This was back when your nephew was, when there was only two
0: nephews there's only two nephews and the oldest one didn't even cross our hips yet yeah he, <laughs> he was, was still smaller little. than our thighs
1: and he was the state puff marshmallow man god was the he's... what stay puffed marshmallow thank man thank you
0: we will talk about that
1: sorry did i i know i put the extra t sound in there some
0: people say state puff
1: but it's not it's stay like remain puffed
0: correct but they right. don't spell p u f f e d they spell p u f t yes dear i'm sorry to jump on you but Yes, it is something I wanted to make sure to bring up at the other section, which we are perfectly segueing into. But All the right. four of us <laughs> did so perfectly dress up as Ghostbusters. The four of us being me, you, my wife, my sister, and her husband. And then, yes, their eldest child was the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. And I will uh, hopefully be able to share the photo because it is freaking cute.
1: Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see about sharing the photo, but. Man, it was it was a great costume and I we still have them. You're you're gonna be a Ghostbuster tonight for our party. And I was thinking about maybe matching, but I'm going Marilyn. Let's 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 be fun and beautiful tonight. But see, um, I was
0: also thinking if you wanted to be ghost Marilyn and I could just chase you around, that'd be fun too.
1: How could I do that? Is there maybe but on
0: ghost makeup?
1: Yeah, maybe we'll have to go get some ghost makeup today.
0: It might be fun, but my costume has taken a step up. So the way that it worked out was like, thank God for Hot Topic or maybe even Spencer's. One of the places in the mall had, if I'm not mistaken, these Ghostbusters ones came out when the quote unquote lady Ghostbusters came out. So by the time we got to them, they were quote unquote, sorry for all the quotes, old but when you look at a ghostbuster co- it didn't change so you really didn't know and they were like 75% off i think they were
1: ridiculously cheap like for unbelievably for all four of us it was
0: 10 bucks or 10 bucks a suit so like less than 50 bucks with tax and all that for four adult size ghostbuster costumes with inflatable proton packs
1: right and it was the whole it was the jumpsuit with the patches on it like it looked
0: Decent. They look pretty good. They yeah. look pretty
1: decent. Like they weren't the, ch- the they weren't the cheap ones for sure. They weren't that weird meshy material. They were actual like jumpsuit material. Decent costumes.
0: But with that, I was still a little unsatisfied because I could dress up like a Ghostbuster a year. For any cons, I'm going to use this. That's how I sold you making this purchase. So I purchased a a real jumpsuit, if you will.
1: With all the zippers and the doodads. I
0: got my own personalized last name to sew on there. Ghostbuster patch to put on there. It's going to be a good time tonight, as you mentioned at the party. like First time wearing out the, the real version, if you will. It's going to be a good time.
1: With the proton pack, because he's got... He's a got Ruby's, a real yeah
0: I think it's Ruby's price me a real like
1: that. <laughs> he's got the real one guys
0: <laughs> it's pretty real I mean for what I paid for it and for the size because when you look at it it's not as big as it should be I don't give a, I think it looks pretty awesome for what it for what it is I
1: think it's awesome and it makes sounds it lights up.
0: It's pretty legit. We will post a photo, at least of me, in costume. Definitely want to see your guys' costumes as well, please. Oh, yeah. yeah, post I would love, them love back. that. Either post them tag back us. or tag us. That's exactly what it'd be. If you're in costume, you're listening, tag Buds, Bros, and Superheroes on Instagram, Facebook. Tweet us or even leave a comment down below if you're listening on YouTube. That would be super great. But we have already perfectly... Segueed into what will be the superhero section of an all-around Ghostbusters extravaganza coming up now. Alrighty, so to kick things off, we are going to start with the original Ghostbusters coming out in 1984, rated PG, So I'm not sure if there is a PG-13 yet. We can talk about that scene in a moment. One hour and 45 minutes, starring Harold Ramis, Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, Ernie Hudson, Rick Moranis, Sigourney Weaver, and more. Really, we watched this last night, and really, still, just such a magical movie. I don't know so how much good. of it is nostalgia, or how much of it is still just good. But it's awesome every time I watch it. I still have a great time.
1: Right, and I and I I just love the practical effects in it. I know it, we're we're in such a society of CGI and computer animation, and it's great. There, we we're able to see phenomenal movies with that technology. But there's just something about. The practical effects of just watching the street break apart, you know, when they're at towards the end of the movie, when they're going in and Zool is shaking the whole building and the road cracks and the police car goes up and it starts to like fall into the hole. I, I don't know. I just there's something so real and I love it. It, Again, it might just be nostalgia. Granted, nostalgic for what? I'm not sure because neither of us were alive when this came out.
0: <laughs> Correct. No, that's kind of the cool thing about it in my life is there's never been a time where it hasn't. It's you always know? existed. It's almost like Star Wars for me. Like It's it's nature. It's law. There's gravity. And there's Ghostbusters. I learned about both almost at the same time. You know what I mean? Like It's just what it is. It has always been, and in my opinion, it will always be to touch back on the special effects too of like, you know, the stay puffed marshmallow man explodes and they threw fucking something all over people. I think at the end of the day, it was like shaving cream or something industrial like that. Non-toxic though. And you know, that, that guy gets all that shit dumped all over him and right. it is a real effect. And it, it is from start to finish really fun. The ghost at the beginning, that's a real thing. The librarian who turns into that, like it, it's a little bit of the, uh, mirror trick but there was also actually people who sculpted i want to say it was somebody like stan winston probably should have had that looked up if not him it's the other one there's two really big ones who came out and just did it beautifully the story is spooky without being scary
1: which is big for me because i am not a scary movie fan i am i am not a big thrill seeker i don't like the spooky i don't like the scary i i this so this is just enough for me this has a little bit of spook appeal Without being scary, it's great. It's just perfect balance, especially for Halloween.
0: Because some people are like, it's not scary at all. And I say no. When Dana Barrett gets back to her apartment after, you know, Tully just came out the night of his party. She's supposed to meet up with Peter for the date. And he comes out and he's just like, oh, you invited a date? (laughs) <laughs> it's okay. You could bring them along. Shout out Rick Moranis for being a fucking genius in that movie. She sits in her apartment and she's sitting down in a chair and then the kitchen starts to glow and they do a nice close up of her. She was looking right. The kitchen is glowing on her left. So her eyes slowly start to look towards it. And then out of nowhere, one of the demon dog's hands pops out and grabs her face. One of them pops out in between her legs and pretty much goes right for her snatch, if not like her stomach area. But come on. And a third one pops out. The chair spins and gets dragged in. I'm like, that's a horror film shot. Like, if that's all you had, music and all, and that's all you saw and showed to somebody, they'd be like, this must be a really scary movie.
1: Right. Yeah, that scene definitely is... Scary. It's
0: supposed to be, yeah. And her
1: face, God, she does it so well. She's great. She's great in that moment. You so believe that she is observing this and it is really happening to her.
0: fuck. It's just written right across her forehead during that brilliantly. But then you have other scenes like their first real time, you know, getting the call, we got one, is going to the hotel to get the Slimer out. And yeah, there, there's fun elements about that. I don't think any of that is scary, though. You know, I would show no. that to a kid. That holds the PG. In between that, though, oh, we could talk about... Of the
1: PG, geez, come on.
0: We all have to talk about and think, you know, leave a comment what you guys think of the scene where Dan Aykroyd is having a dream. And that's where I think they really get away with it because it is a dream. But in the dream, he's laying in this giant bed and all of a sudden this beautiful ghost... Appears over him and is looking at him like, ooh. She hey, disappears, baby. and yet motion still happen to him. I.e., they zoom down to his crotch, and his belt buckle is being undone. You don't see it being undone, but you're led to believe that it's the same lady ghost who is now invisible, undoing his button, undoing his zipper. And you see a little bit of underpants, but before anything more, they zoom back to his face where he's kind of like breathing heavily, like, oh, and then he crosses his eyes in ecstasy, where, come on, guys, let's put the pieces together, read between the middle line, the ghost starts blowing him, and right (laughs) as he crosses his eyes, we're brought back to the frame shot of him dreaming, of him sleeping, where he then comedically rolls off the bed. Right. Either way, the idea of a ghost fellatio seems a little PG-13 for me.
1: PG-13 for me, too. So what year, that is the big question. What year did we start assigning the I PG-13? I it was an
0: Indiana Jones movie. I think it was Temple of Doom.
1: What? Do you know what year that I was, by, ch- by chance? I want to say
0: it was right after this. Like, Ghostbusters, we just said, was what, 84? Right. I think Temple of Doom was like 84, 85, 86. Let's look it up. Hold on. Drum roll, please. It was also in 1984, so maybe this one snuck out a little bit first. I'm almost positive it is Temple of Doom either. Let's just double check that too, because once again, that person on the other end of the microphone is just like, no, it's not, if I'm wrong.
1: All right, so what is it?
0: I'm right and wrong. So, Indiana Jones (laughs) and the Temple of Doom created the PG-13. That movie came out as a PG, and people went, are you fucking kidding me? So, because of it, the PG-13 was established, and now I'm reading Red Dawn was the first PG-13 movie, the original, back with Swayze. And
1: And when did that come out?
0: Right soon after all of this is happening, August 10th, 1984.
1: Okay, so we're looking at the end of 84, 85, so before either of us were ever, even in consideration of existing, uh, we established PG-13, which is cool. I thought it was a little bit later than that. I, I thought it was... Closer to ninety, personally.
0: If I'm not mistaken, it was definitely the scene where the evil cult leader breaks through somebody's sternum to rip out their heart and watch it beating.
1: Wow! Yeah,
0: that would that would might be a cause for effect for a PG-13. What do you think?
1: I I would say so. I would definitely have been spooked as a child, probably still as an adult, if I saw <laughs> if I saw that. But can we now jump a little bit? And I'm I know we're talking about the original Ghostbusters, but can we divert and jump all the way to the brand new Ghostbusters? Can we just...
0: For a second, let's stop at number two first. Not that we won't talk about the in-between reboot or remake. We will. But really quick, just want to establish that in 1989... So well after the PG-13, number two came out and they kept it PG. So maybe that's why it is a little bit more tame. And some people think that it lost a little bit because to them, they didn't want to lose the PG. But now the rules were changed. So when you look at number two, it is it's not as, you know, I mean, one scene, Bill Murray, it's my favorite, favorite, favorite part as he's arguing with the fucking uh, EPA guy. And Dan Aykroyd the second before it said, you know, everything was running fine until Dickless over here turned off the machine. Dickless being the EPA guy and the mayor goes, is this true? And Bill Murray goes, it is. This man has no dick. (laughs) And like, that's a PG-13 joke. So you lose some of that edge if you watch number one. And I want to watch number two to confirm. In number one, find a scene where they're not fucking smoking cigarettes, bro. Wow,
1: yeah. I had
0: never really, like, you get the famous Dan Aykroyd where he's got the goggles on his head and he's smoking and the cigarette kind of falls out. I knew that frame and I knew that that image was pretty famous. So the idea of them having cigarettes was never not in my mind. But fuck me, Freddie, if they're not smoking every other scene in that movie.
1: Yeah, it's pretty much chain smoking. smoking. Yep, all of them. I'm surprised there weren't even like, but we weren't in the consumer society that we are now. Um, I'm surprised that we didn't get the the branding of the cigarettes, that we weren't sold a kind of cigarette at that that time. that it
0: might have been illegal. Oh, okay. That might have come into play because I know something with branding because that's why eventually we stopped seeing commercials. Right. Because like when we were kids, we saw Joe Camel commercials all the time. And that eventually phased out. You can't see billboards. Maybe by that time we weren't branding or doing that. That also depends on when ET came out because Reese's Pieces, there's a whole lot of stuff. Maybe that, yeah, that was definitely out by 84. ET, no? I don't
1: know. I don't know. Drew Barrymore. I'm trying to, how old is she? She can't be that much older than us. Yeah, that
0: was 82. So some sort of brand stuff was going on for sure. Because, I mean, that's a big Twinkie. Right. That could have been a big anything. That's a big crimp it. That's a big
1: piece right, of so, pie. Or,
0: so Twinkie a big was
1: definitely a sell. And I wonder, I wonder if Twinkie paid for that or if it was just in the movie.
0: At that time, it's, yeah. I, I would assume the former, but product placement definitely wasn't what it was today. Right. Whereas I think now you could buy Twinkie seasonally with ecto green slime in them. Like that's how much the brand has thus come together since then.
1: Speaking of, can we put a picture up of the Slimer I made you?
0: Yeah, yeah, you painted a nice photo of that. So much lore behind all these characters of that should have been Jim Belushi because Dan Aykroyd and Belushi were coming off uh, Blues Brothers and they were going to make another one and he had it all written out and stuff. It was great, but unfortunately he passed and some say he was supposed to be modeled after that. So the second one, we find ourselves after the Ghostbusters kind of deformed, you know, after putting all the evil away the first time from what was happening with Zool and the evil building, blah, blah, blah. That there we find Dan Aykroyd and Aunt Ernie Hudson doing like birthday parties to the song that got famous. Like everybody's kind of split up. To quickly go through it, we're going to have to put everything back in the box as Dr. Yanoff Poha gets evilly, what's the word? When somebody possesses, he gets possessed by Vigo, who's like this old ass sorcerer guy, kind of like an evil Merlin who has his essence horcruxed into a painting. If you're a nerd enough to keep up with that, cool beans. And the Ghostbusters have to come back together, more or less, because of some slime that's involved too. It's it's kind of a drudge up of the same thing. Yeah, a great evil has come to Earth, in which has caused extra spookiness to happen to have these people come together and catch them and round them all up and then fight them at the very end.
1: Right. So very superhero y. Great evil threatens humanity. Somebody greater than the average man has to come forward.
0: Or the sum of their parts is better, yeah.
1: Right. Team team victory right there.
0: And as you could tell by our kind of quick summary of this movie, our not even want to talk about I'm I'm happy it exists, but it's definitely no Ghostbusters. It's it's
1: there's God, there's something special about that first one. I don't know. There's something magical about it. This and one like just you said, loses yeah, a little bit. Yeah, there's just... I don't know if it's because they waited so long.
0: Five years is a while, but not really in terms of when it was made because like by five years, it probably wasn't even out on home release for... Right. You know what I mean? Like There right, used and to be years in between, between theaters and home release, kids. <laughs>
1: <There was> no <laughs> right.
0: instant streaming. There was no... Nothing like oh, we only have to wait three weeks now, and then we can months fucking months
1: and yeah. months later it would appear at Blockbuster, and you were so excited to have it for the weekend. Before you could buy it, just because you could rent it, didn't mean Sometimes you could buy it. Sometimes it
0: wasn't even the weekend if it was a fresh movie. Do you remember like you oh, have to have one that shit rental? You have to have this shit back tomorrow morning. Put it in the drop off box, or you face late charges. Right, crazy. And that was
1: back in the time of tapes. Which, speaking of, we were talking about spooky movies, and I've been trying to, you know get my students to experience a multitude of different media and stuff and we were talking about movies and the movie that came up as a scary pg-13 movie was the ring and i said maybe it lost a little bit of its spook because the whole threat in that is a vhs tape the whole the whole villain if you will lives in a vhs tape and kids today don't have them know them use them so, what kind of real scare is there? There is no threat anymore. It's gone. <laughs> but it, that used to be such a scary PG 13 movie.
0: Not anymore. Uh, that's so fucking funny that you're talking about that. So, to kind of move on, Ghostbusters Afterlife is coming out in just a few weeks. We only have to wait till November 19th. Oh, yeah. Oh, we have a runtime two hours and four minutes. That's fucking awesome.
1: I feel like that's the perfect amount because an hour and a half in my mind is the perfect comedy length. Two and a half hours is kind of like the superhero length that we need now to really get that arc in there. So I feel like two hours for a spooky comedy is just- Mystery
0: as well. Mystery. Because we need time to unravel the mystery and we also need time to say what happened to all this time. Because we have seen 100% the same exact- infomercial that dana watches that gets her to call them like we're ready to believe you comes like she finds it on youtube she being one of the main characters so i'm assuming the girl finds it on youtube they we watch it so this is the same universe it's an exact continuation of it and we're getting a bunch of people in it so the one person of course is finn hard the fucking stranger things kid you're Balls to the wall excited about that.
1: I am. I love Stranger Things. I'm like addicted. I love watching. I could rewatch it a million times. I love the characters. I love the spook fact. God, that is such a good spook factor too. It's just enough to not be too scary. I could totally get into it. So I can't wait to see him in the world of the Ghostbusters that I, I love so much and I I love that they did the overlay. We've watched that special where they've talked about the effects in this new movie. And one of the effects are those super cool like neon pink lights. If you remember from the original Ghostbusters, where when we see the spirits all dissolving up into New York City, there's streaks of like neon pink and there's orbs of pink kind of swirling about the city. And in this new movie, they use that same, even though it's outdated now, you would think it looks uh,
0: very, very similar, but like it looks a- very
1: similar. They just use that same energy, literally like they're using the way the energy looked in the original in the new one. And it just gives you that full feeling in your chest like, oh, oh, they've got the- they've got the-, the bones to this. Do- they're doing the right thing.
0: So, as brought up, I just want to give McKenna Grace her shout-out. She's Phoebe. So, that's who I was talking about. The character Phoebe is watching YouTube and sees who I think is going to be her grandfather, played by Harold Ramis, the great Spangler. They move into their house. So, it says here in the IMDb, When a single mom and her two kids arrive in a small town, they begin to discover their connection to the original Ghostbusters and the secret legacy their grandfather left behind. We do see a little bit of Annie Potts in there for just as a little bit who played Janine. You know, Janine, quit looking at me. Give me the bug eyes like the (laughs) original. We got one from newer footage. It looks like we saw some behind the scenes of the first movie that looks like it's supposed to be repurposed now for news footage of Harold Ramis and Annie Potts kind of hugging and she's in it. So maybe she's going to be their long lost grandmother or something i don't know anyway they move into his house spooky stuff starts happening again paul rudd is there figuring shit out we see little stay puff marshmallows in the trailer like the one thing we obviously have to comment on is that the director is the son of the original director jason reitman is ivan reitman's son and like when you talked about
1: legacy man
0: it really is a And he's really taking it seriously. And apparently, they've like, he's a filmmaker in his own right. So it's not like this kid's just grown up and all of a sudden they're like, hey, you're a realtor. But now, since you're Ivan's son, you should make a movie. You know what I mean? Like, he is a director in his own right, going through a bunch of movies in which I like one of my favorite movies. Thank you for smoking. I love that movie. Really, truly. I really enjoy Juno. Up in the Air is not one of my favorites, but it had Anna Kendrick in it, and she's really funny, so I watched that one, too. George Clooney is very, ugh, in that movie. He bothers the piss out of me, so I can't say I truly like it, but I mean, he's made 20 movies before he's made this.
1: So he's got a pretty good resume.
0: Just came off Tully, which I heard was good. I haven't watched that. That's the one with Charlie Steron. Did two episodes of The Office. Hey.
1: Hey, shout out for The Office, Scranton, the electric city.
0: Dude, he did the local ad one. The one Ooh. where...
1: Speaking of holiday, here's a holiday find for all all those guys out there. If your lady friend likes The Office, Alex and Ani, the bracelet company, just came out with a line of office bracelets, which is pretty cool, pretty neat. That's a good holiday find. That's just me going off on a tangent.
0: So we did bring up Finn Wolfhard, McKenna Grace... Carrie Coon is going to play Callie, and notice as we meet Trevor, Phoebe, and Callie, we're not given any last names as Love to try that. to keep the mystery going, because maybe at the end of the day, they're going to throw a red herring, and this whole time, they've been like, Spangler, 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 Spangler. Oh, you're actually Bankman's kids, and we're like, what the fuck is happening? You know what I mean? Like, right. Out of nowhere. But Sigourney Weaver is also on here. Bill Murray, Dan Agroyd, Ernie Hudson. Obviously, we cannot have Harold Ramis in the movie because he has passed, rest in peace, sir, late and great, funny man, director in his own right of just great stuff. That's why I think it'll be his kids, and it's not a red herring. But who knows? And like I mentioned, Paul Rudd's getting thrown in there as Mr. Gruberson. What a name. Gruberson. So maybe we have to look out for a Gruber. (laughs) Maybe. Just to wrap this episode up... A, yes, we're looking for that, but we also, I mean, it it would be rude not to mention the time that they tried to make one other Ghostbusters in between this time of a movie that I actually really do still enjoy, though the general public didn't really. Back in 2016, they tried to make a Ghostbusters movie in which it was just a reinvention, a reboot, a complete reboot, and this time, instead of the leads being male... They're female. So that's why I personally call it Lady Ghostbuster. I'm not trying to be mean, rude, or offensive to anybody about it. It's just how to... like Because they called it, too, just Ghostbusters. How are we supposed to know what we're talking about? Like, oh, have you ever seen Ghostbusters? Which one? It's easy. What, should I say the dude Ghostbusters then? Whatever. Anyway, Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon, and Leslie Jones are now the Ghostbusters.
1: Talk Um, about that lineup. I mean,
0: you would think it was going to be great. It was directed by Paul Feig, another office director guy. Extraordinaire. My biggest problem with it, I feel like with all the talent, all the improvisational talent that these four actors bring to it, improvisational talent that these four actors bring, just made a script unnecessary, so they look for beats. And there's times where we're waiting for a beat, we're just like, the fuck are we doing right now? Like, as you, the as the jokes settle, you're just like, it's not funny anymore. Right. You know, as of right now today, it's just fucking not funny because I see what's happening. I'm like, all right, can we just get to the evil dude in the basement with the ghosts?
1: Right. There were too many, there were too many moments of funny. It wasn't a, con- it wasn't a standalone comedy. And it's almost like this new one was a comedy with the back burner of being ghosts rather than the front burner being spooky. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I think know.
0: it's opposite. I think th- all this wanted to do was be a comedy and this some- Oh, okay. That's what, that's what I'm saying. saying. It was
1: only me. trying to be a comedy, but that's where you lose out on
0: the mystery the and mystery intrigue and, and the overarching right. larger story of like, oh, something's happening. There's
1: yeah, there's no good arc in it. It's it has the potential. I mean, it's got a villain, it's got all the elements that should be there, but the story wasn't written. The jokes were I guess,
0: and the, the soup joke was a big joke throughout of yeah. like the Chinese food, and I was like, "This is just very strange." Yeah. Now, but yeah. in between there, there are some funny ones,
1: of course. I mean, it has its moments, and they were all in the trailer.
0: That's true too. It did not leave much to
1: mm.
0: watching. It is it's, you gotta it's okay. let
1: go. Yeah, you gotta let go and say this thank is thank you. Perfect. This is not part of my Ghostbuster experience. This is a movie. On its own, you have to, because otherwise, it's just you're you're looking for things that aren't in it.
0: You're brilliant, dear. I think that's even like the perfect way, kind of, you know. Because I don't want to sit here and bash. There are things I like. It's in Me my too. collection. It's there. We just watched the first one. We might watch the second one. We might then watch this one. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I don't. gonna. I'm not gonna not watch it. How about that? And we Does definitely have
1: all of those ladies up on the shelf. Next to their male counterparts, all of our little Funkos. Thank you
0: for making sure that you clarified that they were people. It made it sound like we were serial killers displaying bodies really quick. (laughs) Sorry, yeah, we have them. Or am I just watching too much CSI?
1: I think you've been on the CSI kick too much lately. But we've got our Funko, as part of our Funko collection, we've got the huge Stay Puff Marshmallow Funko, and then we've got the ladies and the gentlemen, plus the librarian ghost and our Slimer. So we've got the whole gambit out.
0: Oh, Ronan's there too. He's in the back. You just can't see him because he doesn't like to stand. So at the end of this Lady Ghostbuster movie, the big bad ghost spirit kind of takes a gozer approach and instead of becoming a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, he's like, what form do you want me to take? Almost exactly like it. And takes the form of their logo, which then becomes like a happy-go-lucky kind of ghost, if you will, like right. in the O, and that's that's what his Funko there is. But he doesn't stand, so he's got to kind of be propped up by the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, which leads me to one final thing of like, shit, I'm going to have to buy the new ones too, aren't I? Oh. At least of the kids. You
1: got to. We got to have them. Are, when are they coming out? When are, <laughs> I don't <laughs> Let's, know. Soon. Come on, Funko. Let's. Why aren't they already ready for the
0: release? They should come out with the movie. They probably are, man. Relax. We still got some time. We have to go to the mall and see what's up. The only one that I need to complete this is actually Chris Hemsworth, Kevin. I don't have the Kevin Funko. He was a part where I just didn't, he falls flat. The only thing I liked about it, he has one line that still makes me laugh. He's like, can I move in with my cat? And they're like, no, we can't have any cats here. And he goes, no, no, my cat is a dog. And they go, your name of your dog is my cat? And he goes, no, 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 it's Mike Hat. You know, like my cat. And they're just like, Fuck That, I think, is pretty funny. <laughs> What's everybody's favorite Ghostbusters movie out there? Is it the original, the sequel, the reboot, or is it going to be the new one, the continuation coming out in just a little bit? We will be reporting back to you. Maybe we'll do something live or I don't know. It'll yeah, be a good time. Yeah, let's do live. Something. But to see that, that means you're going to have to follow us. See what I did there? Boom. If you can, guys, that would be wonderful to follow us on the Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of those things. Hit like, hit subscribe. If you can, if you can't, the next thing I can ask for is actually more powerful than anything. It's word of mouth, you know. Tell your neighbor. Tell your dog walker. Tell the guy who checks the air in your tires while you're waiting for your oil to get done. Just tell anybody, because if you meet someone or you know someone who likes buds, bros, and superheroes, have I got a show for them. I've got to thank my lovely wife for coming on here all the times that you do, being a great addition to the rotating co-host. I love doing this, and I love you, so doing this with you is a love of two times. It's love squared, dear. Oh, thank yeah. you so much for being here. I love you.
1: I love you, too. I love being here, and I love podcasting with you. I love the opportunity to...
0: And you love Ghostbusters as well, so Hell like, yeah. all-time winning for me.
1: Happy Halloween, everybody.
0: Happy Halloween, everybody, from Buds, Bros, and Superheroes, and we are out of here.